Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Last week, we talked a little bit about who God is and, uh, and, and how... Uh, of uh, so many of us, we we believe in the wrong version of God. And uh, there used to be two ga- categories of people. There was a category of people who either A, they believed in God, or B, they didn't believe in God. And nowadays, there is a lot of confusion, I believe, especially with younger people and just this generation, that there's a lot of people who fall into this category, I want to believe, but. They're looking for a reason to believe, but... This happened to them or this bad thing happened to them and they, they can't really believe. And, and what we've been discovering is that we are, that so many people nowadays, they reject God. They just reject God and religion altogether. But we found out last week that so many people, they don't really reject the true God. They reject a version of who God is. You know, uh, last week we talked a little bit about an on-demand God. And so many people... They reject, they reject God because he doesn't answer their prayers right away. But however, that's not how God works. God is not an on-demand God. He's not just our genie in the sky that whatever we want, he's just going to bring it down to us whenever we pray. That's not how God works. That's how society works. A lot of us, we have telephones and we can Google things and get the answers right there. That's not how God works. And so when we push what we learn in society onto our God, it really confuses us. And, and we, don't, we can't really understand who the true God is. And so we're just really unpacking who God is. So many people, they, don't, they reject God, but they're rejecting the wrong view of God. They're rejecting their distorted view of God. And so this week, we're kind of unpacking this. We're unpacking this. It says, I want to believe in God, but there are too many rules. I want to believe, but why are there so many rules? rules and what's the point in following the rules and and i don't like i don't want to believe in a killjoy god a god who just uh just i have to follow exactly what he says and let me tell you that this was a little bit of my story um just growing up and and if if you've grown up in church you you know a little bit about this but when you grow up around christian people or if you grow up around anything like maybe maybe you grew up i'll give you this example if you grow up on a farm you either really like the farm or you really don't. You know what I mean? And so you find out one way or the other. And so with me growing up around Christian people, like our family was always in church, I knew that I wanted to follow Jesus. However, I got to a point in my life to where it was really tough because I realized that there were so many do's and don'ts in the Bible. You have to do this. You can't do that. There's these and thous and whatever. And honestly, I knew a lot of Christians that I didn't want to be like. Like when I grew up, I did not want to be like that Christian guy. I just really just didn't like them. I thought for the longest time that Christians were narrow-minded. I thought that they were judgmental. So many of them, I thought they were hypocritical. And so many of them, okay, just this as well. They're just boring people. Like, oh my goodness, we're just going to sit around and sing Kumbaya all the time. And uh, just like, oh, I don't want that boring life. And, and they were the ones that always wore the khakis, the braided belts, and they had the Star Wars t-shirt that said, may his force be with you. And so, they had, 
I had all these different things, and I'm like, oh, oh, I just, I don't want to be that boring, rigid, nerdy Christian. And I thought, oh, I got, I got to do something about that. I, there, there's, there's more to it. You see, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to have friends outside the church. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Uh, and so I, I wanted to do all these stuff and all this stuff. And my view of Christianity was basically this. Follow the rules, be nice, be safe, and be boring. Like your rule book to Christianity. That's how I saw it. In fact, I didn't even see it as Christianity. I saw it as something more like, it should have been just called moralanity. Like where your morals are based, like everything is based off of your morals. And so it wasn't really Christianity, it was more of that moralanity, whatever. And so I thought that God was a killjoy God. And I wanted to believe in God, but I didn't like having to follow all these rules. And you see, maybe you're in here today and you think the same thing. I want to believe in God, but I just don't want to follow all these rules. Can I tell you that you're not actually rejecting God when you, when, when you don't want to do this? You're rejecting how people have wrongly represented Him. You see, people have wrongly represented God for such a long time. And here's the deal. We're going to talk about two things this morning. We're going to talk about the bad news about religion, and we're going to talk about the good news about Jesus. The bad news about religion and the good news about Jesus. And I want you to understand this because um, because I I know I, I don't want to confuse you. When I say, when I use the word religion, everybody's got a different definition of religion. Everybody thinks something different of religion. So when I use the word religion this morning, I just want you to know this is what I mean. I don't mean like Christianity as the religion. What I'm referring to when I say religion is the man-made rules that we've made to please God. The man-made rules that we've made to please God. So when I talk about religion, I, I don't want to get you upset like I'm dissing Christianity. I'm not. I'm not. Definitely not. But I'm just talking about the man-made rules, um, that, that have been made to basically please God. So let's talk about the bad news about religion. I got a couple, couple thoughts I just want to give you. Um, if you came today, there's a note-taking sheet in your, um, in your bulletin. You can grab those out, and uh, these are fill-in-the-blank. Um, I'd love for you to take notes. But the bad news about religion. Here's my first thought. Religion focuses on the external rather than the internal. Religion focuses on what you put outside rather than what you have inside. And the funny thing is, Jesus addresses this directly in Matthew 23, verses 25 through 26. Jesus says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. The Pharisees, just to give you a heads up, Pharisees are the religious people of the day. So he's basically saying, Woe to you, teachers of the law, you you religious people. You hypocrites. This is strong words. You hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but on the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Ooh, you might know somebody on the inside. It's full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Jesus says this directly. (laughs) To wrap it up, Jesus says, focus, or, or Stop focusing on the external and focus on the internal. 
Clean your heart on the inside first before you start putting off a fake face on the outside. So here's the wrong assumption that I believe that we have today. Here's what everybody thinks, and I think whenever we think about God and Jesus and religion and everything else, here's what we think. We think there's some mighty and holy God over here. And he's holy and mighty and everything else. And then on the other side, here's unholy me. Here I am, a a sinner, I can't do the right thing. And so here's holy God and unholy me. And there's this gap between the two. And we think that somehow we need to be right with God. And so how do, we, how, how do we get right with God? How in the world can we get right with God? Well, here's what religion says. Here's what religion says. Re- re- religion attempts to close the gap with human effort. So this gap between us and God, religion says you've got to do more, you've got to give more, you've got to serve more, and you've got to earn your way to God. That's what the religious-minded people think, is that if you just try harder, be better, give more money, be nice, help old ladies cross the road, if you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't chew, you're going to be perfect. And you're just closing the gap between you and God. That's a religious-minded person. That's a religious-minded example. They think that if I don't do bad things, maybe, just maybe, I can be right with God. Or at least I can close the gap and get closer. Unfortunately, it's not the right way to do it. In fact, Jesus comes and he blows our minds, so to say. And, and, and he comes and he says directly to the Pharisees, Jesus basically said, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the religious people of your day. If you know anything about the Pharisees, let me give you a little bit of background on the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were people. Who would, they, the Bible talks about them standing on the street corners and praying as loud as they can. Great big, long, loud prayers, blah, 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 blah. And what did they do it for? To be noticed. They would stand on the street corners and just, and pray as loud as they can in long prayers just to be noticed. That's the type of religious thing that we're talking about. They were very showy. Um, the Bible even talks about them, uh, they ripped off a lot of people. They ripped off the widows. They, they made rules for everyone. They made a rule that you can't... Uh, they, they made rules for everything. They said, don't eat, don't eat the wrong foods. Don't hang out with these people. Uh, don't work on the Sabbath. All these different stuffs. They, they made all these different rules. Let me show you this. Religion is all about the do's and don'ts. Religion focuses on the rules and regulations. I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson today to show you where all this religious stuff came from. If you look in the Old Testament, maybe some of you have heard uh, about Ezra and Nehemiah uh, down back there. Uh, it's in the Old Testament if you want to look up Ezra and Nehemiah. Great people, but look them up. Um, re- they were religious leaders, and uh, essentially, I, these religious leaders became very angry because people would always abuse God's laws. When people would do the wrong thing, basically, God would punish them. This is the Old Testament. So if you did did something wrong, like God punished you right there for doing it wrong. And so because these people weren't following following God's laws, they ended up in bondage. And so what these, these religious leaders did is that they added rules so that no one could break the law. They added all kinds of rules. In fact, they added 600 
man-made laws into the law of Moses. They were called the fence laws, if you're taking notes. It's called the fence laws, and they, the fence laws were made to protect the Torah. If you don't know what the Torah is, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. And so these laws were made to protect these first five books of the Bible. In fact, to give you an idea of how ridiculous these were, they had 65 do's and don'ts just about keeping the Sabbath day holy. 65 things that you could do, and 60, or 65, between 65 things that you can do and don't about the Sabbath day. That's how ridiculous some of these laws were. And when they were all compiled, in fact, all these laws were compiled into a book in the 3rd century. It's, if, if you may have heard of it, maybe just heard a mention of it, it's called the Misnah. The Misnah, and it was 800 pages long. 800 pages full of religious laws. Incredible. Man-made religious laws. Jesus actually addresses it in Matthew 23, verse 3 through 4. He addresses the laws of the Pharisees. He says this, Don't follow the example of the Pharisees, for they don't practice what they teach. He says this about them, and this is harsh. They crush people with unbearable religious demands, and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. Religion, what does religion do to you? It crushes you with unbearable demands, and it will never, ever lift the burden. So if you're in here this morning, and you've been in the religion game, you know what it feels like to be crushed constantly because you can't do the right things. And you're constantly crushed. And you know, you know, you know, you know that whoever's crushed you, that religious thing, never eased the burden. Jesus says this. And so, I want you to know that if you ever thought, I want to believe in God, but there's too many laws, there's too many rules, the Bible's too oppressive, let me tell you that that is not the heart of God. God didn't design it like that. That's not who he is. In fact, it's what was added to what God already established. It's additional works that religious people have made to try to fill this gap between a holy God and an unholy us. It's man-made laws, and it's not the heart of God. You see, a killjoy God does not exist. You see, the laws that God established, let me tell you this, the laws that God made and gave us are not to confine us, but they're free for us, and they help us to live a better life. God gave us laws so that we can live a better life. God didn't give us the 600 man-made laws for us to follow, but he gave us some so that we can live a better life. And so, that's the bad news about religion. A lot of bad news. Religion will crush you and it will tear you apart. But I'm not going to leave you with that. We're going to talk a little bit about the good news about Jesus. Everybody say the good news about Jesus. All right, the good news about Jesus. I'm going to read this long verse from Romans 3, verses 20. Um, 
I promise, stick with me. There's a big payoff at the end. You might not understand all of this right away, but I promise, I promise, if you just focus and you stay with me, uh, there's a payoff. Are you ready? Here we go. Romans 3, verse 20, it says, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all those who believe. Here's my first thought for the good news about Jesus. You cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. You cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. You see, no matter how hard you try, no matter how religious you are, no matter how many good things you do, you cannot earn God's acceptance by just obeying the law. Let me show you this. Religion says that you have to please God by doing good works. But if you look at what actual scripture teaches, I'm talking about your Bible that you probably got in your hand. If you look at what scripture teaches, scripture teaches that you can't be good enough to please God. Scripture shows us that we can't do enough good things in order to please God. We can't do enough good things to close this gap between a holy God and an unholy me. You see, religion focuses on a lot of things. Religion focuses that you shouldn't drink, you should do good, you, should, you, you can't do bad, uh, you should go to church, you should be a good person, you have to be baptized this way, you have to read the Bible in this way. That's religious things. And if we look at what, we just read that long verse, Romans 3 verse 20. If we look at that first verse of Romans 3 verse 20, it says this, Therefore no one, therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. It's right there. Right there in Scripture. That we cannot earn God's acceptance by just obeying the works of the law. Doesn't matter what church you go to, how holy you act, or the show you put on. You cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. You got that? So, you might ask, like, if we can't earn God's acceptance by obeying the law, then why is there a law? Like, why did God even give us the law if we can't even earn our way to heaven? Well, let me show you this. My second thought. The purpose of the law is to show you your need of a Savior. The purpose of the law is to show you your need of a Savior. It says it right here in that same verse. If you continue that verse, it says, Through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So because we know the law... We know that we're sinners, and we know that we do the wrong things, because that's what the Bible says right there. And so, this is important. I wanted to show you this, because so many people nowadays, they really, you really don't think you're a bad person, right? Like, so many of us think that, oh, we're good church-going people, and, uh, and, and we're just, we're nice, and especially compared to so-and-so, we're just, we're not a bad person. Don't call me a sinner. Don't call me a sinner. That's, oh, just, I don't like the sound of that. And, uh, and, and we think that we're just, we're good, God-loving people. Let me tell you, maybe compared to someone else, you're good. You know, maybe compared, 
Maybe compared to someone that you know or someone that you've heard of, yes, you might be a good person. But to God's standard, we always fall short. God's standard, we always fall short of God's standard. And that's why the law is important. That's why God gave us the law. Is it because it shows us that everyone in here is a sinner. Everyone cannot live up to God's standard. In fact, we're just going to play a little bit of a game. And uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'd like to ask, politely ask you to raise your hand if, this, uh, you know, if, if you've ever done this before. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever lied before? Raise your hands high. Yeah, there you go. All right, all right. And if somebody's hand's not up, they're lying. So it's all right. So <laughs> they'll be able to put their hands up later. Uh, how many of you have ever stolen before? Oh, my goodness. And let me tell you that if you ever took a pin out of this, you know, we get these pins out. If you ever took a pin, you stole a church pin. <laughs> Those cost money, and we want it back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, so many of us have, have stolen in one way or another. Okay, this one is going to get really, really quiet. Um, how many of you have lusted after something before? Oh, silence. Yeah, it could, yeah, Teresa's got it right. That could be anything. Let me tell you just about how serious this is in the Bible even. This is, this is God's standard. Let me show you how hard it is to live up to God's standard. It, it says that if we've ever lusted after anyone, if we've ever looked at anyone, anything, whatever it might be, it says that if we lust after whatever it is, that we have already committed adultery in our hearts. That's how serious God's standard is. I can tell you I've done it a lot. And I'm not proud of it, but I'm not going to lie to you. And that's just, that's just what it is. And so the standard of God is so far above our standard. And just to show you that based on the show of hands that we have in here, all these nice, really loving church people, we have a bunch of lying, thieving adulterers in here. <laughs> Get out! No, <laughs> A bunch of lying, thieving adulterers. Man, oh, these, these people. But what, what I've got to show you is that you are a wretched person. You're a sinner. You can't ever Live up to God's standard. You won't ever be able to do it. And I know you might, <laughs> I, I hope you're not here like, oh, well, welcome to Real Church where we love you and we care about the community and we call you a sinner, all right? No, I promise not all of them are, not all these messages are like that. But I don't want you to feel bad today, but here's what I want you to see. Are you ready? You better get your pens out because this one's worth writing it down. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see your need for a savior. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see your need for a Savior. You see, we cannot be good enough for God. You see, the law shows us that we need grace. The law shows us that we need mercy. And the law shows us that we need help. The purpose of the law is to show you your need of a Savior. Thought number three, this is, uh, this is one of my last ones before we end here. Thought number three, being right with God comes by faith in Christ alone. Being right with God comes by faith in Christ alone. You see, you're not made right by the religious works that you do. You're not made right 
by just trying harder. You can't fill the gap. There's no way you can inch closer until you just meet a holy God. That's not how it works. You're not made right by religious works, but you're made right by trusting in the perfect work of Jesus. In fact, the end of that really long scripture that we read, Romans 3, the last verse, 3 verse 22, it says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Isn't that good news? Through faith to all who believe. I don't know about you, but it just excites me that I don't have to do the right things all the time. Now, I strive to do the right things, but when I fall short, it's good to know that Jesus is right there lifting me up. And that it's not by what I have to do. It's by what Jesus did for me. It's through that faith in Jesus that all can believe. So it doesn't matter how, pa- how bad your past may be. It doesn't matter how bad your present is. But if you put your faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven and you're made new. And that's so good. You see, you don't need religion. Let me tell you, you don't need Religion. If you walk out of here this morning, I want you to know that you don't need religion. You need Christ. You need Jesus. You don't need religion. You need Jesus. And so, um, before we close today, I just want to tell you a short little story about, in the Bible there's this story about a criminal on a cross. A criminal hangs on, uh, two criminals actually are hanging on a cross right next to Jesus. I picture Jesus right in the middle and and uh, these criminals on the side of Jesus, I'm going to ask the band to come up. And uh, these criminals have done awful things. I mean, obviously, they've done really awful things to be crucified on a cross. And here they are, one of them next to Jesus. Let me tell you about the first criminal. The first criminal looks at Jesus and basically insults at Jesus. He says things like, if you are the Christ why don't you save yourself? Why don't you get me down? He's just insulting Jesus. And, but the good news is, is that there was a second criminal right next to Jesus. And, and the second guy, he looked at Jesus and he just said something so simple. He said, Jesus, would you remember me? So many of us today just need to say that. Jesus, remember me. And here's the thing. Jesus looked at that criminal. And can I tell you what Jesus didn't say? Jesus didn't say, well, I can't remember you because you didn't do enough good things for me. I can't remember you because you weren't baptized. I can't remember you because you didn't take your first communion. I, didn't, I can't remember you because you didn't do all these good religious things. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus looked at the criminal even though a bad, awful person, he looked at him and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. And I tell you, it's not by works that you're saved. It's by faith in Christ alone. That's what makes you saved. You see, he didn't have to do good things, but he just had to have faith in Christ. And let me tell you a little bit about religion versus Christianity. 
Here's what religion says. Religion says, religion is based off of the performance that you put on. Christianity is all about the perfect work of Jesus. Religion is all about what I do, what I do, what I do. But Christianity is about what Jesus has done for me. Religion is about me. It's all about me. But Christianity is all about Jesus. Religion says that if I obey, if I obey, if I obey, if I obey, Christianity says because Jesus loves me, I get to obey. Because he loves me, I get to believe, or I get to obey. Maybe you came in here this morning, you said, I want to believe in God, but there are just too many rules. Let me tell you, you're not rejecting the true God. Most people don't reject the true God of the Bible. They just reject how God is wrongly represented. Rules, 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 rules. There's so many rules. The rules are religious ideas to get you closer to God. You see, religion has complicated what God has made simple. Religion has complicated what God has made simple. We sing a song called Simple Gospel. I hope you enjoyed that. I love that song, but it talks about how I will rejoice in the simple gospel. I'm laying down all my religion. I'm laying it down for you, Lord. Religion has complicated what God has made simple. Can I tell you that the gospel of Jesus is not complicated? And in fact, there was a religious leader that came to Jesus and he asked this question, what is the most important commandment? Jesus looked at him and he said, the most important commandment is that you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he didn't stop there. He even said, love your neighbor as yourself. Here's what I wanted to show you this morning as we end today. That religion complicates with laws, but Jesus simplifies with love. Religion complicates with laws. But Jesus had one simple message, and his message was love. As we end today, I'm just going to tell you a little bit of a story about there's this woman caught in the act of adultery, and they brought this woman to Jesus, and all the religious leaders came and said, and looked at Jesus, and they thought they had Jesus. They thought they, thought they had Jesus right in their hands, like he's going to have to do this, because the religious leaders said, the law says to stone her. And they look at Jesus, and this, this woman who's committed this sin, and Jesus looks at him. In fact, he doesn't even look at him. It's really interesting. It's that Jesus looked down, and he wrote in the sand. And no one exactly knows what he wrote. People have some good guesses, but no one really knows. But Jesus said, then Jesus got up and he said, the one who has not sinned can cast the first stone. The first person to say, you know, I've never committed a sin. You can cast the stone and you can kill this woman. Can I tell you, every religious leader, one at a time, walked away from that woman. How do you think that felt the freedom. Jesus looked at her. Here's what I'm trying to get to. Jesus looked at her and he loved her. He didn't punish her. He didn't crush her. He didn't make her feel awful. He looked at her and he loved her. And we don't know what happened to that woman. We have no idea. But can I tell you, I bet she left changed. 
I bet she left thinking a little bit different. That it's crazy that these religious leaders can push me down with the law. But Jesus, the Son of God, doesn't care. Because he loves me. Here's the good news. Is that we sinned, but Christ died. You know that gap between a holy God and an unholy us? The gap is bridged by Christ. That's why he came. That's why we have direct access. It's because of what Christ did. When he took all of our sins, God forgave. You see, you can't earn it, and you don't deserve it. And it's not all about you being perfect, but it's all about Jesus. Listen, you're never going to find a perfect person. You're never going to find a perfect church. But can I promise you that we're not religious. We're all about Jesus. In fact, one of our core values says we reject religion. And we embrace relationship. I know that's harsh words. Reject religion. But can I tell you, I am so strong about that. Because I believe that Jesus came to kill religion. And I believe that he came to give us love and to give us life. And that's what this church is here for. It's not about you being perfect. It's about Jesus. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads? This morning you might be in here. And you may have lived a life full of religious laws. And this morning you may have found out that this Jesus guy, he's so much different than what I've heard. He's so different than what, who I know. This morning you met the real Jesus. The Jesus that loves you. The Jesus that cares about you. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. This morning, if you say, I'm going to lay down my religion, and I want that eternal life, we're going to pray a short, simple prayer. And all all it says is that we're going to invite Jesus into our lives to come in and live with us. And we thank him for all the good things that he's given us. And so this morning, if you'd like to pray that prayer, maybe you want to pray it for the first time, maybe you want to pray it for the first time in a long time, or maybe you just want a fresh start. On the count of three, I'd like to do something just a little bit different today. On the count of three, I'd love for you just to raise your hand really quick, and uh, not so everybody can see, but just so I know who we're praying for. Are you ready on the count of three? One, two, three. You want to accept Jesus to your heart. Would you raise your hands? Thank you. You can put your hands down. And church, because we all believe this, we're all going to pray this together. So everybody say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming for me and dying on a cross so that I can be saved. But I believe that three days later, you raised from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. I'm laying down all my religion. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.